0: We are Artists Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease. For creativity never sleeps.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Artist Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Ketch Smith. Today's episode is with Josh Alltop. Josh is a professional drummer and producer. He lives in Nashville but grew up in the Dallas area. Josh is a Dove award-winning producer who has also engineered and performed drums on more than two dozen albums. He has worked with artists like Daniela Mason, Barrett Baber, Manuel Reyes, and many more. Josh has dedicated himself to encouraging and helping artists reach their full potential by providing them with the tools and resources they need to achieve their goals. Listen in to hear all about Josh, how he got started in his career, and his advice to upcoming artists. Well, Josh, thanks for being on the podcast. Heck yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Um, Thanks for opening your hotel. Your hotel room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> set up anywhere.
2: I uh, I made sure all the sheets were nice and straight. <laughs> yeah. It was so good I got to kick the room service people out. Yeah, so they didn't even have to. They didn't have to
1: deal with yeah. that. <laughs> so you're a drummer, producer,
2: manager, all the things. Yep, uh, part time break dancer on the side. Nice. No one. <laughs> knows that but i am a part-time break they do sick. now that's awesome <laughs> yeah, they do now and so if you have a new if uh step up six is being made mm. i'm your guy you're the one yeah i'm the
1: one you're from dallas from dallas I live in nashville mm-hmm. when did you move out to nashville
2: um august of this year of 2019 will be two years that we've been in Nashville. Nice. so yeah it's been great yeah i mean Nashville is a just a fantastic city. Yeah. I mean, you get so much good stuff. If I could trade in the rain. like if Does rain it rain a lot? Rain. It does. I mean, what's funny is, since we've been there, it's been raining nonstop. <laughs> and everyone from there says, oh, wait, this is way more. Like, it doesn't rain as much. I'm like, so for two years now? <laughs> for two you years brought the now rain. Is, is, it rains more than <laughs> yeah. it should? Come on, man. Come on
1: now. That's so, so crazy. Yeah. What kind
2: of forced the move to Nashville? I mean, or it encourage the move, whatever. <laughs> force and encourage, man. That might be uh, that might be interchangeable <laughs> at this point. Uh, what got us there was just a series of events of kind of coming to a head. Of I was wanting something more than the current environment that I was in could give okay. me and could provide, and that's not even a uh, you know. I think someone could look at that as a negative thing, but it's not. It was just yeah. It was just that realization of like, okay. Here are the things that I'm wanting to do. Here's what I'm wanting to chase down. Um, how do I get there? Yeah. Where I'm at right now is not conducive for that anymore. It was for a season. So I needed um, – I had one of my closest friends said this to me. He said, Josh, you just might need uh, a, a change of pace, a change of place to get your change of perspective. Yeah. And I was like, done. Okay, yeah. I need that. Yeah. And so um, the idea was actually to stay in Dallas – And then commute once a month to L.A. and commute once a month to Nashville. Wow. And then just do writing trips, you know, kind of the typical thing. And then I got to Nashville, man, and I just felt it. Yeah. Like, I knew. Like, this was it. I told my wife, I was like, yo, I got this audible word. It is time to go. Yeah. And she was like, that's so crazy. I'm not moving. And so I was like, well. Is she from Dallas, too? Yeah. Okay. So she's kind of pretty much born and raised Texas girl. and. All her family's here, and uh so I was like, well, I, f- I feel like we're supposed to do this. And she's like, I do not <laughs> at all, nor do I want to. Yeah. She's like, I got great friends here. She's right. like, we have an awesome house. Like, Our kids are happy. Yeah. We, we had just maybe maybe a year, maybe not even a year, but our, our daughter had just um, from Uganda. We adopted a daughter from Uganda. Yeah. Had just kind of come to the States, and she's like, things are... Things are all right. We'll be fine. We're good. I'm like, no, it's not. And then, like, we didn't talk to nobody. Didn't talk to any of, like, you know, our friends, our family, people we trusted. Yeah. I didn't say anything because I'm like, if I'm crazy, it will, like, work itself out that I'm crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she'll be, she'll say, no, this, this, you're, you're crazy. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Because I was like, I feel like we're supposed to go, but if I was wrong, I was okay with her saying. Yeah. Hey, you you're wrong. You're wrong. You're yeah, right. yeah. We we don't have, you know, we don't have peace moving forward on this situation. Yeah. So a month later she's like, "Well, well what if let's just put our house up for sale and see what happens?" I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm going to do that then." And so Don't spent, try me. <clears throat> don't try me. So I spent 3 days. I spent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of a week. Like I got rid of everything. I purged our house. Yeah. I made it show ready. Not that like I have some great experience of making a house show ready. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I was like, <laughs> this you... is gonna look like Pinterest. Yeah. And to me, that looks show ready. Right. So I got rid of everything. I like redid our garage. I made it to where somebody could walk in the house and buy it if they wanted to. So I did all that, and she was like, "Oh my gosh!" She's like, "You're doing this in three days." I put our house up for sale that next tuesday we had an offer no way and we sold our house in whatever 21 days that it takes to complete it yeah but yeah sold it <clears throat> realized like we had nowhere to go yeah so we ended up you know uh kind of we were homeless for like <laughs> two months three months lived so out y'all moved
1: into nashville
2: when right we stayed here in okay. dallas with some friends gotcha until we could figure out what we were going to do yeah and when when we were going to move and then we went up took like a, a long weekend And, man, this, you know, we had some friends who had bought a house. They gave us the realtor. And in, like, a long weekend, we found a house before it ever got put on the market. And we're like, hey, we'll make you an offer right now. Yeah. Okay, but we're about to show it. I'm like, no need. Yeah. Here's here's the money, like, buy the house. And so we bought it and worked out great. And so we had, like, a two-month, like, like homelessness. We weren't homeless. We had friends who took us in. Right. But we had this, like, we just whatever could fit in our car. Right. Man, that's so crazy. That was a really long answer. No, that's that? great. Yeah.
1: So at the time you were doing what were you like you were drumming, producing, were you doing all the things that you're doing now or was it like yeah, had those come after um, or what?
2: No, I've been I mean I've been drumming now professionally for about twenty years and okay. making records for kinda of close to the same. I've definitely been drumming longer than producing from a you know actual where people you know yeah. pay me to do it. Right. Um but it's been, it's, I was pretty much doing that uh, within the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Okay. I worked at a church. I worked at, um, uh, just with side artists, you know, just yeah. kind of the typical musician thing, wherever you could. Right. You know, whatever you could do, you whatever, did it. Whatever and you can do, you could do any it. Any opportunity and, that came. Yeah. And it was great. Cause, yeah. I mean, tons of projects taught me a lot. Um, I, like I said, I worked at a, a local church and I learned a ton there. Yeah. I mean, just even... Basic file management, just great stuff. So I, I mean, I view that whole. It was like a, like a ten year coming back from college, and I moved back yeah. to the Metroplex, and so it was about 11, 11 10 years or so. And man, I learned a ton. it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, so it was a great season.
1: That's cool. And you and your wife run a business now, like
2: yeah. So my wife is, has her degree in interior design, okay. which then turned in her being a graphic designer somehow hmm. out of college which then turned into her getting into marketing and then, which has now led to over the last, I guess, 12 years, 10, 10, 12 years of her. Now we just launched this new company uh, called P3 society. And basically we help uh, coaches, consultants, and service providers take their business from, you know, it, it could be that they, they have a business that's successful, but we, we take it to that next level for yeah. them. We show them how to truly scale their business um, and, Kind of grow where they're at and yeah. where they could be, you know. So you're dealing with a lot of things, but it's a so it's, it's a not
1: community. just specifically creatives or artists, or is it?
2: No, no. Okay, I mean, it's life coaches, financial advisors. Gotcha. It's, it's um, it could be chiropractors. Somebody yeah, as a service. Um, it could be a fitness person. Yeah. I mean, it's it's people who have master classes that they're trying to sell. So it has a lot to do with digital marketing. It has yeah, a lot to do with. Uh, growth and just kind of sometimes people are just brilliant at what they do mm-hmm. but they just need an outsider's perspective yeah on helping them move the right puzzle pieces around and saying okay this is actually what gets in alignment mm. it's almost like we're a, a business chiropractor it's like nah yeah your spine's all there yes. just need to <laughs> straighten it up to, yeah. straighten it up and then you'll be on your way to doing yeah. what only you can do so yeah it's really cool so we just kind of launched that. So we do that, that, um, she runs that, like she's the face of that company. Um, she's, she's a legend at stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. so I'm, I'm so proud of her. I help her with it. Um, right now I'm doing a lot of producing engineering, a lot of remote drum tracking. So yeah. um, I have a studio in Nashville. And so I'm able to, you know, people send me tracks and a yeah. record or something and say, Hey, we want you to, Play drums on it, so I'll do that. Um, Still doing uh, some work within the kind of the church community, but then it's also outside, you know, the pop. um, I mean, I didn't really know about it in Dallas, but this there's this sync world. Um, Okay, but it would actually be TV and film or ads or trailers. When you see this new show pop up on Netflix or whatnot, then there's this awesome music. You know, some awesome creative you know built that and created that yeah and so i've kind of been thrown into that world um through a series of people who helped me and said hey have you thought about doing this i'm like i don't even know what that is yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean it, it feels like only people in nashville and la actually know about that world yeah everyone else is like wait what <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean. so yeah uh so i've been doing that now and then i um i manage uh two artists i manage an artist named sue uh su with the two little dots on okay top, and yeah. then another artist uh, the prams and their husband and wife duo and they're both of them are very much pop based um, are they out of nashville yeah they're both out of nashville okay. um i mean both artists can write their tails off mm. um you could drop them in a room um the prams they're they're the duo that they have they also produce as well which is really cool and then i do tour management stuff right now for an artist named Daniela mason and i get to play drums with her and then i play drums for a country artist named barrett baber and so i don't know man yeah how do you how do
1: you two questions first one how do you balance all how do you schedule all these things out and still like not go sane yeah
2: (laughs) you know i i'll say this i am wired for it i i i for sure am wired for it um I I I joined this. I say I joined this cult called the Enneagram, mm. and um, <laughs> and so it is. It really is a cult, but I love it because it's helped me. Oh my it's gosh, brought, yeah. Bright insight to my life because yeah. I didn't know why I was messed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like I got issues, you know, yeah. and I don't know why. Because <laughs> somebody helped me. Yeah, and so the Enneagram's been really cool to help me understand, like who am I. Like, why, right. am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. And um, and I have Daniela to thank for that because. So what? What type are you? I'm an eight. Okay. I I, I identify as okay. an eight, and I, I don't really actually hear people talk about wings much. But uh-huh. the average peer to peer talks about them. So yeah, I, I guess I would identify as an eight with a seven wing. Okay. So yeah, basically, if I'm unhealthy, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> So I'll try, not, awesome. I'll, I'll try not to go stay stressed yeah. or be unhealthy yeah. because then it's it's a world of oh, craziness. Yeah. Um, but I would say that my the makeup of who I am is definitely wired for it. Yeah. But I couple that with <clears throat> I had to put things together. Like, I might be wired for it, but it doesn't mean that I wasn't letting balls drop and things fall through the crack. And I realized very quickly, okay, like, just because I'm wired for this doesn't mean that I don't have to have some type of structure, some type yeah. of organization. And about maybe a year ago, me and my wife started studying just a lot, you just uh, just consuming information on uh, on mindset and how people function and work. And we got down this one book um, called Think and Grow Rich, and it is, like, yeah. <laughs> like from 1937. And so the book's, like, been around forever, and yeah. some of the greatest of the greats have probably acquired their wealth because of it and it's super you know just an amazing book very significant but the biggest thing that i learned from that book and some other books is i needed a i needed a routine and as a creative i think sometimes we're afraid of routines because we think that like oh that's gonna like box me in or um it's gonna make me not be able to be free and just do whatever i want yeah but i might be the one creative who doesn't believe that like I actually think that parameters um, cause our creativity to thrive. And and I don't mean like, you know, caging us in or boxing us right. in. I, I Like, you know how people say you got to think outside the box? Uh-huh. Creatives are already outside the box. Right. I don't, I'm like, you don't <laughs> need to think outside the box. The thing is, you're so far outside the box w- – your brilliance is so massive that the average person actually has no idea what you're saying. Right. You know, I can look at my wife's eyes glaze over when I start going down, you know, sound waves and, and, and talking about frequencies or just gear talking. If I just gear talk, she'll just be like, Oh my God. (laughs) Here we go again. Yeah. She, she, it's it's, she does, she has no idea no, no concept of what I'm talking about. And so I think that creatives would thrive better if they would put some parameters, yeah. their life. So for me, I was like, okay, I got to have a routine. If, I mean, it, unless it's like something crazy, like, because if I play some of these shows and we're out late, it's yeah. really hard to do like on the bus, but I still try, is um, I get up at 5 a.m. every morning. Wow. I do a morning routine. And then I, all the way up until the time my kids wake up, I get my kids dressed there. I mean, I had to map out my day from the time that I wake up to the time that I go to bed. Yeah. It's hard because I have to sit and spend some time doing it. Right. But I'm like, for a while, I was doing it a day ahead. And then I was like, nah, scratch that. I'm going to do a week ahead. Oh, wow. So I just map out a week. And so if I'm going to like Netflix, it goes in that calendar. If I'm going to zone out. And you block out the time. I block out the time. If I'm going to zone out on Instagram and I should be working, I will go back into my calendar and put that 10 minutes that I zoned out. Because it's like, I want to know. Yeah. Because if you don't tell your time where to go, it's going to tell you where to go. Right. And if you don't tell your money where to go. And then you just wasted all this time. Yeah. It's the same with anything. Right. Like, like you're in control. Yeah. You know, like, the greatest, you know, asset, currency, commodity that you have is your time. Mm -hmm. And if you let that run all over you, man, you're doomed. What do you have? Yeah. Yeah, you're doomed. You can't get that back. So I got to a point where I was like, man, I've been so free-spirited for so long and not enough to show for it. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm well, doing so much that it could look like I have stuff right. to show for it, but I really wasn't having stuff to show for uh-huh. it. So since I implemented that morning routine, man, and implemented just scheduling out my day, it's It's been amazing. I'm yeah. able to get certain things done. Now, granted, am I human? Do things still right. kind of fall through the crack? Yeah. You know, that's, you know, my next step is I'm on a routine with an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the my assistant has, you know, is aware of everything that's going on. Because yeah. there's some things. Because I sit at that 60,000-foot view, man. Yeah. I, like, I get detailed when I have to be, especially, like, within production or mixing or something right. like that. But I'd rather sit at 60,000-foot yeah. view because I just, I just go crazy <laughs> yeah. up there, and I love it up there. But honestly, the only way that it's been successful to keep ahead of and keep my head on, um, or not my head, but keep my eye on everything that's going on, is I I have to schedule it. out. Yeah. And so man, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: That's very helpful too. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. That's, yeah. That's awesome. So you're doing all these things. You're producing. You're managing. You're mixing. You're drumming. You're doing all these things. How did you get started? How did you like? go from all right this is kind of just a hobby something that I'd want to do to like I want to pursue this full time I want to do this I want to make this my job yeah and how did you kind of turn that into like your life now
2: yeah you know I I don't know how many people are like this but I have always known since like I was born like I have This is what you're supposed to do play drums really like, there's video of me with the two spoons, you know the little yeah. story of the kid who's two years old and he's making a beat on his, yeah. you know, on his dinner table thing and in his high chair, and it's like, uh-huh. I mean, that's documented. So I, as as long as I've known, music was gonna be a, a part of who I am. Yeah. Um, then you start coupling that with, well, you have to pay your bills now, and so now right. you're delivering pizzas. I mean, I got my first job. Well. My first real job was at 13 years old. I was back in groceries at uh, Winn Dixie. Nice. And so I started realizing, like, man, I'm working real hard. And I remember getting that first paycheck and seeing yeah. how much money went to someone who didn't work those hours. Right. And that, like, bothered me at 13 years old. And my dad just laughed because, you know, he's his, <laughs> you know, the baby boomers are like, I mean, that's what you got to do, son. You mean, government takes your da 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 da. And I'm like, Way i work those hours why is the government taking that money yeah and my dad's like that's what it is i was like not for me it's not yeah so then i was like what else can i do and so i started mowing yards because then i mean granted i was 15 so yeah you know 13 14 50 and i didn't really know any better and i was just like they don't know that i'm making that money that's my money i earn that money and it's all cash especially right you know or, or you know mid to late 90s like People weren't swiping cards the way right. that we do now, so yes. I was just getting cash like crazy. And then when I could started driving, I started delivering pizzas. Yeah. And so all of that, I didn't know at the time, but all of that was just fundraising for gear. It was fundraising so I could do what I wanted to. Yeah. Do. And then I had bands in high school. We, you know, I was a part of. I remember in one battle of the bands, it was a multi category battle of the bands. I won for a jazz band and I won for a rock band. And I was like. Oh, snap. I'm like, I could do this thing. And yeah. so the, and each one got it like a different prize. And so we got some time in the studio. got to play a live thing. And that's what I what I started realizing is when I was in the studio in these, in essence, garage bands. I mean, it's not like yeah. we were good or anything, but like these bands, you're like, there's always decisions that have to be made, even for <laughs> crappy yeah. garage bands. Yeah. And it came down to I always had an idea. And if it was a good day, most of the time the band was always asking me, "Okay, so what are we gonna do?" Mm. So I started realizing I had these ideas a lot, and then a lot of times my ideas would work. So fast forward, I end up walking on in college uh, to play football at this like you know small college, yeah. And um, I played two years. I I was just getting hurt, and I was like, "Why am I getting hurt all the time?" This yeah. is like super weird, and and I realized I'm like I am not great I'm not um I mean I was I was I was good but I wasn't like great or anything it's not like I was going to the NFL yeah and then I definitely wasn't enough to go to the AFL at the time because <laughs> arena football was real big so I was like so I have no career in sports like absolutely none I'm it's, yeah I mean I might have been able to wash <laughs> the the laundry of a professional yeah. team maybe but Um, and my wife might argue that point right now (laughs) with my laundry (laughs) skills. So I, I I learned very quickly. So I was sitting in my sophomore year of college and my jazz instructor had come up to me and he said, he said, you know, Josh, somebody's going to pay you for your ideas one day in music. I was like, what do you mean? Someone's going to pay me for your ideas. And he's like, well, you know, you just did this project and you, you, you did that. Yeah. I was like, no, like it's our our band and we did it. He's like, okay, so how does that? And so he started explaining what a producer was. Yeah. I was like, wait, you're telling me somebody is going to pay me for me to be opinionated in the studio. Right. And they were like, well, n- not like how you're thinking, but yes, <laughs> someone will pay you for your ideas. And and that's what a producer is. They get paid for their instinct. Yeah. And I was like, oh, snap, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so I left that college and I went straight to a college in Florida called Full Sail. I was like, I'm gonna learn how to be an engineer and a producer. Graduated, it was the only time in my life where I truly applied myself. Like, really? I, I made our right grades in high school and yeah. our right grades in um, in college, but I didn't care, you know? Yeah. But, but when I got to Full cell, I mean, like, I got a perfect attendance award. Let me tell you, if you, you know anything about Full cell, to <laughs> literally go to every class that they have, and some of those classes starting at 1 o'clock in the morning, like, that. I mean, I don't know if it's that way now, but it was yeah. back when I went. And, I mean, that was hard, but I was like, I knew that I could actually do this thing. Yeah. So it got to a point where um, I had gotten out of school, ended up not taking internships that I had in Nashville right away, which is funny because now I live there. All right, But I don't take them, and then I sit there, and um, my friend, her brother-in-law was going to be on the cover of a Madden video game, and she was a singer. And she was like, yo, I want you to, like, these guys wrote this track, these hip-hop guys, but I want you to engineer and kind of produce it, and then you'll be on this video game. And she's like, "You just have to sign all these forms." Little did I know, I'm just signing my life away. Yeah. Um, so I never saw a single dime. <laughs> but i one of the title tracks on the Madden 2007 video game, and that I was a part of. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do!" Yeah. And so I that's when it got rolling to where I was like, "Okay, there's a there's a career in this. I just have to now figure it out." Yeah. I, I got some good tools from college. Um, not that I got out of college, I was ready to for you to give me a full record but at least i knew okay i got the i got the beginning steps now yeah. where to go next and so over a series of random events it just started turning into someone pay me a little bit and then i turned that into a lot of it and yeah then as i got better i was i was smart enough to keep increasing my rate yeah i never charged you know at the top of the market value for producer i never charged at the lowest i have always tried to sit right in the middle yeah so that way i have room to grow but I'm also like not devaluing my gifts and my talents. right? So that's kind of how I got into that and then drumming. So I'd be in a session, someone bring me in as a drummer yeah. and then I'd be like, oh yeah, did you know you, have you thought about doing this? Not like trying to produce, just they would say, well, what do you think about this bridge section? I was like, yeah. well, if, and then I would say, well, if the band does this and then the melody goes like this, then I could play this. right? And so the people started thinking like, oh, you're seeing this at, that sixty thousand foot view. right and then i'd be out with an artist and i'm like you know i i would always see that there was a more way for an artist to make money so i'd always be like oh you know what you know if you do this with your merch and you do this you could probably make an extra hundred bucks tonight yeah and they're like do you handle that i was like yeah i was like you know i'll take a percentage off of that yeah you know <laughs> you know we'll sell your merch we'll do this and, da, 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 da. and i've always just thought like that i'm yeah. always thinking what's the extra um I don't want to say angle because that sounds bad, but what's the extra thing that we can do to generate income? Because for Mm -hmm. creatives, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, you might make 200 bucks on a night of a show, but it costs you 500, you know, to get there, gas, paying your people, all these things. So where are you going to make up that extra 300 bucks? If not, where are you actually going to make up that 500 bucks so that you actually did make a profit? Yeah. So, and that just turned into... I mean, they kind of always overlapped drumming, producing, yeah. playing live, um, engineering. You know, people will say, oh, man, we just did this live thing. Like, we need to get it mixed. We ain't got no money. I'm like, I'll mix it. Yeah. And I don't care if you pay me or not. Because at the beginning, I was like, I'll do anything. Right. So it kind of just turned into that. And, and then kind of has led me to where I'm at now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then now everybody knows you. And now it's just kind of like,
2: yeah, I've deceived them all. I've yeah. made them all think that I actually know what I'm doing. And I'm like, this is the rate for you to pay me. Yeah. And so <laughs> That's
1: awesome. What do you have a favorite part? Like, do you of course you love all of it, but like do you like love drama? You know, like kind of which one's your, your favorite, or is it kind of like children, you can't choose your favorite, you love them all?
2: It feels like that are they all kinda the the thing is they all do the one thing that I want to do. The one thing yeah. that I want to do in life is help people accomplish the goals and dreams that they want to accomplish. Mm. I get the most fulfillment, enjoyment out of helping people accomplish whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish and yeah. helping them become the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So when I'm drumming, I'm facilitating an opportunity yeah. for this artist. You know, it's one piece. But yeah. it's one piece that I facilitate for this artist um, or this talent or whatever the situation is to accomplish their end goal mm. in that moment. So I'm like, sweet, that's all I care about. Dude. Yeah. Well, with producing it's the same way. When you um, that artist comes to you and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, um, here's this song I wrote three years ago when my boyfriend broke up with me, and then I was sitting in the stairwell of my apartment and it was raining and I was smoking a cigarette, and so like I want to recapture yeah. that moment when I wrote the song. I'm like, that was like three years ago. And they're like yeah and like and so now that's a challenge for me i'm yeah. like, i've got to go recapture that passion and that moment and that experience that i right. was not a part of right. and then put it on wax so i'm like okay well i'm i'm going to do that yeah. and so i enjoy that challenge of like trying to dive deep and pull out of yeah. somebody um something more than they know that's inside of them which is for for an eight can be a very bad thing if you are an unhealthy version of yourself Because yeah. it can become very dictatorship in the studio i've learned the hard way i'll be mm-hmm. like i'll work with an artist and Be like no you're not singing that right yeah like do it again and i've had to learn how to add a layer to my producing side where it's like hey, right. this is really vulnerable for them don't be a jerk yeah <laughs> because like because <laughs> in my mind it's like i'm not mad at you i exactly. yeah. that you're missing yeah. the wrong take. Yeah. We just have to do it again because it's not any good. <laughs> like they don't want to hear that, right? Like, right.
0: What are you saying? My no. Voices, yeah. My <laughs> they are take angels. it as you hate me. Yeah. And I'm like oh, I don't hate you. Yeah.
2: I love you. So I want you to have a good take. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I had to learn how yeah, to. For sure. Deal with that. So I had all these like awesome ideas of how to pull that out. So uh-huh. producing and now with management. Man, I didn't. I didn't go looking for management. It just fell in my lap yeah. because i've always been a guy who's been connected i've always had access and connection to people because i yeah. I mean i mean i said i'm probably the only dude who goes to new york to to rest and to talk to people <laughs> people in new york don't want to talk to nobody man that's why they have headphones yeah. that's got to be the headphone capital and they don't want to rest and they don't want to rest so but to me all those people actually causes me to calm mm. down all the hustle and bustle of the yeah. city actually settles me yeah because it's it's probably the only place I mean that in Dubai but it's probably the only place I've been in the world that is is grinding harder than what's going on internally yeah. inside of me like yeah. the city works harder than I am so it actually like calms me down I'm like oh look at all these people working yeah <laughs> and so um uh, I don't know where I was going with that but <laughs> it's like with management it just kind of came right kind of came and fell in my lap yeah and I really love it because now you're trying to sit at that sixty thousand foot view, and you're right. really trying to say, okay, how do I get them from conception of the song all the right. way to now what would be on a Spotify playlist or an interview or it doing some form of success and right. to touring it. And, yeah. and so like I really enjoy that. So yeah, I don't know which one I would choose. Yeah, um, you don't have
1: to. It's just, it yeah. all, it, you're doing yeah. all the things.
2: Yeah. I definitely think there's going to come a time soon, yeah. where eventually one will push all the others yeah. to the back burner. Yeah, because I don't know if it's possible. It, 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 I'll say this: I think it's possible to do multiple things and have multiple streams of of income coming in, but I think at first one thing has to be foundational. And granted, you could say, okay, well, your drumming was the foundational thing, Mm -hmm. which allowed engineering, which then allowed producing and mixing, and then now that that's kind of gone somewhere, it's been foundational enough now that management can come in and sit on top of that, and I think that that's true um, in my case, but I definitely think that it's going to have to get to a point where something will eventually, like where it's like, there is no more time to tour and, and, and play live because... You know, management took off, or there's no more time to right. do management because songwriting and producing just went to such a degree where it's like yeah whatever. But yeah, for right now, I'm crazy enough to yeah. like balance all the plates. That's
1: awesome, man. I love it. I love I love what you're doing and watching you last night drum. That was yeah, that was legit. That was a cool show. Yeah, man. it was fun well dude thanks for your time um are you on instagram where can people find you yeah you website um
2: definitely i mean i wouldn't be a good
1: uh yeah <laughs> i'd be
2: a good businessman if i didn't have all that uh you can find me just at <laughs> at josh all top um which is you know j-o-s-h-a-l-l-t-o-p but just at josh all top on instagram and twitter and all the things all and, the things and, like, all the places all yeah good stuff so yeah man well dude thanks for your time i appreciate yeah, it man. thank you man
0: We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest, to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag #ArtistUprising to join the movement.